giving you trusted guidance to make your life better. And this episode is incredibly important, especially during this time that we are all in. And it's an episode all about asking for help and how to ask for help when we need it, even in the moments when we feel like we don't want to or we're afraid to or we're ashamed to. And then also the flip side of that, how to offer help to the people in your life who need it because sometimes we show up and we think we're helping or we may want to help somebody or may have an idea but we don't know how to help or we don't know how to say something to them or we don't know how to do something. And that's often because the structures and systems that we have in place within our connections and within our communities and even within our own selves are sometimes not solid and clear. And on this episode, I have something very special for you. So you guys will know that in over a hundred and some odd episodes, I have never, ever, ever had anyone on this podcast who is not African-American. It has been motivation for black people because I really was committed and am committed to making this platform a space for us to heal together and to talk safely with one another. And although we have people of all different backgrounds listening, I wanted to always make sure that I worked to elevate black voices in a space, this podcasting space, which so many times our voices get ignored. And in this episode, for the first time ever, I have a guest on who is not African-American, somebody who's not black. And I really searched inside my spirit, I want to let you guys know, about the question that I asked was, what was in the highest good? Because what this woman has to share and the story that you are going to hear is one of the most inspiring, heartfelt, deeply moving and transformational episodes that I might have ever had on this podcast. And when I was thinking about should I not have her on here just because she's black? I was thinking, hell no, because, well, I should have her on here is what I'm saying because what she shares and how that's going to help you and all of us in our lives is so huge because it's helped me personally and tons of people that I know in some really big ways. So it is a real honor for me to have our guest, Shelly Tegelski, today. And what you're going to be hearing on the podcast is something a little bit different. What I did, and I was thinking about this at the beginning of 2020, thinking, gosh, I want to infuse some new life into our podcast together. And so I had this idea of what if, instead of just doing a normal podcast where I was just interviewing the guest and you guys were all listening, what if I did it like a TV show where there's a live studio audience, kind of like the Oprah show back in the day, you know, where it's a live studio audience and people get to come and ask their questions and get engaged and be involved and actually have our community in the conversation. And so I started something called the Woke Lab and it was a live Zoom series where every single time we got together, I brought leading experts in the field, like Shelly, who you're going to hear today, and Leila Saad, and Sheila Marie, and Koya Webb, and bringing these different people together with people from all over the world, 
live on Zoom. And then we broke out into breakout rooms and had these deep conversations and came back and talked about solutions together. And that's one of the things that I think is so powerful about the Woke Lab, which you yourself, I'll tell you how to join in just a moment for the next ones that are coming up. But one of the things that's so powerful is I think the thing that we're seeing as we are dismantling white supremacy and dismantling the patriarchy that has really infiltrated our wellness space and our whole world, what we're seeing is that the answers, the best answers, they don't just come from you listening to some guru or some expert. They come from all of us together, trying this stuff on in our lives and seeing what really works for the whole. And the answers are going to be different for different people because we have different lives. And so in this episode, you're going to hear the playback from my Woke Lab episode with Shelly and tons of other people from all over the world who came together to listen to this episode. And if you yourself want to join our next series of Woke Labs, I want you to go to this website. It's also in the description and you can get yourself on the wait list for the next series because we have a limited number of spots available for all of these live episodes. And of course they're free and it's just an amazing way to bring the community together. I think you're going to feel it in this episode. So you just go to www.justinmichaelwilliams.com slash the woke lab. That's www.justinmichaelwilliams.com slash the woke lab. You can just put in your info and we'll make sure we reach out to you when the next series is announced because we have a quite limited number of spots available due to the technology and having people live and asking questions. So without further ado, I welcome you to our first ever non-black guest on the Motivation for Black People podcast, Shelly Tegelski. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Woke Lab. I'm so excited to be here for this first Woke Lab session with my special guest, Shelly Tegelski. And Shelly is just, Shelly, you can go ahead and unmute yourself. Shelly is an absolutely incredible leader in the world who I am, I could, there is probably no one that I could be more honored and privileged to bring on to the Woke Lab as the first guest than Shelly with you guys. And I mean that with my whole heart. And you know, I don't mm -hmm. say that lightly because we're going to have some incredible guests. So I'll introduce you to Shelly officially in just a moment. But one of the things that I want to say here for you and for everybody who's listening to this later is the intention of the Woke Lab. And the reason why it's called the Woke Lab is because we are coming together. Yes, you're going to be listening and hearing and seeing and being inspired by incredible stories with action steps to help you move forward in every domain of your life. But we're also going to break out into small groups and have discussions and have the laboratory going on where we can see how in our different mini groups, we can come up with new solutions for things and then come back together and share. Because I think one of the things that's changing in the world as we are decolonizing our wellness space and our personal growth space is that we know that the answers come from all of us. And we are stronger when we come together and we are stronger together. And so what I want you to know is you don't have to, even when we break out into groups, even when we do all of that, you never have to feel obligated to speak, okay? But you are invited. It's an invitation for you to step in and see what has to offer. And if you don't wanna speak, that doesn't mean you're not doing anything. 
what happens if you choose not to speak is you are just holding sacred space for everyone else and for the entire group. So I ask you to be here with full presence, with full intention, support each other, be here for each other, and let's come together as we rise. So Shelly, hello, my dear. Hi. Hello, Hi. hello, hello. <laughs> so can everybody see Shelly? If you don't, you can just put speaker view to make sure that you can see her. I have the whole grid of you guys here. And Shelly has begun the most incredible movement that is happening around the world right now called Pandemic of Love. And more than what this woman has done in the world, what I wanna tell you is in my entire career thus far, I have never met a, a person who has been more dedicated to the heart of service than Shelly in my life period. You guys know anybody who's listened to my work, you hear me say often, we have to move from self to service. We have to ask, how can I serve instead of how can I get ahead? And Shelly lives this fully and completely, sometimes to a fault, because we're getting her to take <laughs> care of herself a little bit better these days. But Shelly really is living that. And the conversation that we're gonna have today, I think is gonna inspire you beyond belief. So what I wanna show you right now is how Shelly's movement, the pandemic of love, started in the first place. And so you're gonna see my screen in just a moment, and I'm gonna show you guys a quick video to show you where the pandemic of love began. Here you go. Hi, I just wanted to let you know about a program that our community has put together to bring together and match up individuals that are currently experiencing a need uh, due to loss of income or uh, income uncertainty um, because of the pandemic and individuals that are in a position of privilege to be able to help uh, those individuals. So there's two forms that I'm putting online. One is for people who are in need, hourly workers, people who rely on tips or on industries like hospitality um, or events, et cetera. Um, where you can actually just fill out what needs you have. It might be something like grocery bills, assistance with um, utility bills or gas or other types of payments. And the other form is for individuals who are in a capacity to give. Every little bit helps. We'll match you up with a specific person or family and you can feel like you are doing something to spread love and not fear. So this is where it all began. This is where yeah. it all began. And what I wanna name for you guys before we jump into the conversation with Shelly is that Shelly is not somebody who has millions of Instagram followers. Shelly is not in, an influencer. Shelly not, was not any of these people. She is one woman living in Florida who posted something to her Instagram for her community in Florida. And then it started to unfold from here. So Shelly, can you tell me what mm. inspired you to even send this out and, and start this pandemic of love in the first place? Well, I'll answer that, but I first wanna thank you for the introduction. It was um, just very moving and I feel the same way about you. And so I thank you so much for, for creating this space uh, for us all to share and grow. Um, that video, it's so funny. I've not ever watched that video. I just kind of like posted it and um, it's been shared thousands of times at this point. Um, and it, 
it's from March 14th. So it, it seems like a lifetime ago, really, when you think about it, right? As the days sort of blend into each other. Um, so I think the, the impetus or the reason why I, I decided to, um, to even create something or post a video really stemmed from the fact that I started to see a bubbling up in our community locally here in South Florida. So Dade, Broward and Palm Beach County, um, which is very, as you probably know, in the state of Florida, hospitality driven. Um, I started to see the bubbling up of fear. People were really freaking out about how they were going to stock up on supplies as they were being told to do um, when they live paycheck to paycheck, when they have income uncertainty to begin with. Um, and so for a very long time, for, for you know, certainly the last four years of my life, um, when I stepped into becoming a full-time mindfulness instructor and working with communities that are across the board affected by trauma or are activists, um, I started to really kind of search for and look at and examine the um, fight or flight reaction that yes. we normally, you know, when, when we're afraid of something, we just like freeze or we run from it, you know, and, or we make bad decisions, we react. And as a mindfulness practitioner, we, we live in that pause or we try to, right? We teach people to do that and to respond versus react. And so from very early on, and this was actually something that I taught at the women's convention and spoke about in Detroit a year after or seven months after the Women's March happened, there was a women's convention in Detroit. And I spoke about how we can move from fight or flight to uh, empathy action. And that's so interesting because what you're talking about is exactly the space that so many people were in right when the pandemic started in this fight or flight state. And so was it that you actually embodied this practice and from fight or flight said, okay, how can I myself move into empathy action right. and help other people move into empathy action as well? Exactly. That's exactly right. It's so, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me only because, and I will say this, I'm not, I'm not a scientist <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but I imagine that if you're somebody that studies, you know, like a law of physics that you think that you posit may be true. You hypothesize that it might be true. And suddenly, you know, the proof comes in that the concept is true. The theory is actually reality. It feels incredibly gratifying. So for the last four years, I've been talking about and teaching as a self-care activist about how communities of care can work when they're formalized, when they're institutionalized, when we properly structure them. And mutual aid is a, is a, a pillar of communities of care and, and building communities of care um, into social justice and activist circles. So, so let's break that down for just yeah. a moment. So we're not, sure. so I wanna make sure everyone understands the word. So as we're talking about mutual aid, this word mm -hmm. of mutual aid, can you yeah. define what that means and why sure. that's important for everybody to know here? So mutual aid is a really simple concept. 
the concept is this. I want you to think about whether it's your, your, your grandparents or maybe it was your parents, um, but somebody in your life somewhere along the way that was older than you used the phrase back in the day. Back <laughs> in the day when we were kids or when we were growing up, everybody in the community knew each other. Everybody, the community cared for you. If somebody was out of a job, if somebody was sick, if somebody, you know, had a death in the family and so on. And, and the community was a safety net. And, and since really, you know, um, I guess the industrial revolution and, and just everything thereafter, and really the technological revolution, back in the day has disappeared, it's vanished. The concept of mutual aid takes us back to back in the day. It's basically this concept that in this world, in our communities, however you define community, whether it's geographical, whether it's based on your belief system, um, whether it's your religious you know, organization that you're a part of, whatever it is, it's basically this concept that there are people who have privilege of some sort. It doesn't have to just be monetary. It can be time. It can be um, you know, the ability to have access to transportation and so on. Um, to, uh, so it's people who have privilege and then people who have um, a need of some sort. And guess what? Everybody has needs. And I think what happens is in mutual aid is it formalizes it. Why is the formalization so important? Because as probably every single person on this call knows, Asking for help is one of the hardest things you can ever do. It is so hard to say, I need help for a variety of reasons. And so when there's this mutual aid structure that's actually in place, it becomes so much easier to ask for help. Because, right, because there's, there's a structure. structure. Yeah, right there. I'm right with you. Complete yeah. the sentences, Dalit. Yeah, it's so, right there because there's a structure and it says, okay, this is where and how I can ask for help. And right. one of the and things everybody's that, doing it. It's not, it's yeah. not like, you know, there, there's this level of anonymity to it in a way it's confidential. You're sending a form, you know, it's not like everybody in the world knows what your position is in. And, and it's in, and, and you know that there are people on the other end that are just waiting for your form to come in because they want to be able to help. This is so beautiful. And what I want to share with you guys right now, just to give you guys an example of exactly how this works, is Shelly, like she said, set up these two forms for starting with her local community, where you can either ask for help or offer help. And people were asking for so many things from I need diapers, to I need money to pay my bills, to I need somebody to call me once a week to check on me because there's nobody to call. So from all the different privileges of time and money and resources and this, and people who were asking to offer help. So Shelly posted this and very quickly, very, very quickly, what happened is the world started to see and started to hear from that one little Instagram post. And I wanna show you guys what happened next. Get ready to see what's happening on my screen. Guess what? My friend Shelly Tegelski, Tegelski is how you say it, sort of. I'm not positive, but you try saying it. <laughs> anyway, she started something called Pandemic of Love, which means if you're somebody who can afford to give, you can go on to pandemicoflove.com and she'll match you with somebody who's in need right now. And likewise, if you're somebody in need, you can go on and she'll match you with a donor. So my sister Simone is giving a man 
in New York, $200 a week. And they text and exchange information, and he keeps her updated to how he's doing. You can keep in touch with your donor, or you can blow them off. It's really up to you. Um, but it's called pandemicoflove.com. And if you can give, please go sign up. And if you need, please go sign up. We're all in this together. Thank you. Chelsea Handler, everybody. And so this amazing, oops, hold on. I just, the video is still going on my, on my side. There we go. So Chelsea Handler saw it. And I love that she said so fully, my friend, Shelly Tegelski, as if you guys were like hanging out before this, you know what I mean? Which was absolutely not the case. But what happened, you guys, is this movement started to spread and it started to grow. And after about a week from it starting in Florida, you guys had how many people that had been matched? What was your oh first God. big milestone? I think it, the first milestone that I had was like 900 families that we that I posted. Maybe it was like 400. I honestly don't remember, but I, it was less than a thousand. And and but within 24 hours, what happened is is that I so I have a friend that I haven't seen since I graduated from high school, which is well over 20 years ago, who um, lives in. San Francisco and Worf, she reached out to me and said, Hey, this is so cool. How can I start this? I'm still working. She works for a high tech company and, um, you know, I could do this like after hours, how can I start this in San Francisco? We have such need here. And, um, so I said, no problem. Like, I'll just copy these forms for you and we'll start creating multiple copies of this form, you know, and we'll be able to support each other. And so she was the first micro community, as we called it, that started in San Francisco. And then shortly thereafter, and when I say shortly, I mean like within 24 to 48 hours, we had a community in Portugal, a community in Spain, a community in like Manhattan, in the Bronx, in Atlanta. And it just kept proliferating over and over. Like, and, and so and the so way these... that, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say the way, I, the way that we set it up because really I could have just like, you know, talked to my friend Nancy in San Francisco and said, okay, this is how I did it. You should do it this way. But instead what I did is I said, you know, I think the community having the structure work together on a global level is so incredibly important. And I also knew that in many cases that I, you know, as a, uh, maybe having more eyeballs now to my, to my uh, social links, would get more donors or have access to more people that were willing to to give. And so I said to her, like, let's just create some sort of a model where it almost think about like a multi-level marketing pyramid, which I know many of us are like, you know, we eye roll about it. Um, <laughs> some of us might, yeah, because you're just like, but but there's a good, there's a good uh, you know, use for it in this case because the national form that we have, the original forms that I created, which were just created for the South Florida community, but my son- Yes, my on Google community. Forms, like on a Google form. This was not yeah, like some big literally. website. You're just like, doo, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like I'm super not tech savvy. Like seriously. I mean, I'm like the, like, like on a wing and a prayer with like duct tape and like, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> and they're not pretty and they're still the original forms. So- um, but I said, you know, we can create these national forms. And then what I discovered about Google Forms is that I could actually um, 
I could duplicate the forms and I could connect the, the forms, the sheets, right? When, when you fill out a form, it like creates an Excel spreadsheet on Google and I could connect them so that every time somebody from San Francisco filled out our national form, if they were in need or could help, it would drop them into, based on identifying the zip codes, drop them into Nancy's sheets. And that That's way, amazing. and if Nancy ever was short, which is, happens all the time, she'll say, hey, can you drop 20 more donors in my sheets? And we go into her because we're connected now. So I could just go into her sheets and I could drop 20 donors who have indicated that they don't care if the person they're giving to is five states over, like they just want to help somebody. So it's not necessarily always somebody from your community, but, um, but we try to do it as micro as possible because then in addition to financial help, obviously a lot of other ways of helping could, could be, uh, you know, put together. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. And so I want to show you guys basically what started <laughs> happening next, which is absolutely incredible. So we're following this story. And Shelly, just so you know, your connection is showing up as a little choppy every once in a while. So I don't know if you oh. know that there's something that you can do to help that, but I'm going to yeah, play a video. Let me try. In the meantime, I'm going to play a video and you can mute yourself while I uh, go to this video. So okay. basically what happened is Starting in the beginning, Shelly put out these forms for her community. It started to multiply. People started creating their own micro communities in their own place, showing how each of us could have the power to create support for the communities that we're in. And you guys are going to see how we're taking this actually to you and your own individual lives in just a moment when we go out into the breakout rooms. But what happened next is truly mind-blowing. Get ready to see what's on the screen, this touching, touching moment with Shelly and Joe Biden. Uh, and I'm with my wife, Jill. Hi, oh my yes. God. Thank you for the wonderful things you're doing. It's, Change your people's lives. It's my honor. I, I have had so many amazing inspirations in my life, including yourself and your wife and former President Obama and Michelle. And it's 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 my pleasure to be part of the positive statistics in our country now. Well, you know, uh, when I announced a year ago I was running, I said I was running to restore the soul of America. Well, you are the soul of America. We're seeing the soul of America come out in ways that uh, I don't think would have ever happened back through this crisis. And uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to make the call. I will promise you that as a precinct captain in Broward County and a former area leader, I am going to be canvassing like hell for you. I'm going to be rallying the troops and I will be making sure that you're in that White House in November. Well, it's because of people like you, if we get in the White House, it's that's what's going to happen. I'm not being solicitous. I really mean No, I, I know that. And I'm just so proud of, you know, we have 400 volunteers now in over 85 communities around the country that that's spend perfect. all day, every day for the last five weeks, just matching people in need with patrons that are just stepping up. And we've now made our 40,000th match just a few days uh, ago which is five and a half million dollars in transactions, which is amazing to think that we just started it by throwing a pebble in the water like five weeks ago. And you started it. I did, I did. I, I'm a mindfulness teacher. So part of the, I actually, I work with Fred Guttenberg and a lot of the Parkland parents here um, teaching trauma-informed mindfulness. And so, um, 
So I'm just going to stop that there, you guys, this beautiful video that continues on. And so here we are with, you know, Vice President, you know, Joe Biden calling Shelly on the phone to congratulate her, going from her just being there in her hometown. And what I want to share with you guys just before we break into the breakout rooms and have a little bit more discussion is that what has happened today is truly revolutionary. Shelly was just featured on CNN. And what has just happened, and this is what's so incredible about this, what has just happened is if you guys saw on the New York Times, there was this list of the 100,000 names. This gives me chills. The 100,000 names of lives that have been lost to COVID. And at the exact same time as 100,000 names got posted and we hit 100,000 lives lost, Shelly and Pandemic of Love hit 100,000 matches of people who have been helped and served. Balancing these, same time, they hit the milestone at the same time. And so to show how we can balance these scales, at the same time, if we've lost 100 lives, which is tragic and terrible and cannot be uh, you know, taken lightly, at the same time, there was 100,000 families and people who were matched, which really means 200,000 people because it's 100,000 in need and 100,000 who gave support. And now, Shelly, I'm sure it's continued. And just so you guys know, none of the money touches Shelly. It all gets transacted directly between the donor and the person that's in need. So Shelly, this is just so amazing. And I, I wanna ask you, first of all, where you guys are at today, because I know it's increasing exponentially. And also, what do you feel like everybody on here needs to know as a lesson to learn from this today? Sure. So where we are today is we are, uh, we're in the super mala mode of 108,000 matches. <laughs> 108 being such a secret. 108. Number. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Super mala mode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that represents um, well over $14 million in transactions. Um, on Wednesday, I'm going to be training 60 new uh, area leaders, community. How many did you say? 60, 60. 60 new. Yeah, great. Yeah which is incredible. Um, and they're from all over. I mean, they're from Torino, Italy, to Germany, to every corner of the United States, Canada. Uh, we have a Latin American site called Pandemia de Amor, which has 14 uh, countries represented now from Venezuela to Colombia, to Brazil, Peru, et cetera. So Central America as well. Um, and so um, that's, that's where we are statistics wise. Um, and what do you think, think now as yeah, everybody listening, like what, is, what do you think yeah. the big takeaway is for all of us? You know, I think that um, there's so many people that I talk to now that are like, that say like, wow, I've been really wanting to do something and I've been thinking about doing something and I had a similar idea and, um, you know, and, and we partner up and, and what, what I think I've realized 
and and certainly I've been realizing this for for many years but there's two kinds of people in the world right there's the what ifs and there's the why nots and so the what ifs are the ones that have this like uh, paralysis by analysis and they're like well what if this happens and what if this goes wrong and what if this goes wrong and what if that happens right and then there's the why nots and the why nots are like the people who say well why not why not do this you know why not um, try and then figure it out as we go like why not me and and I think that we we overanalyze things sometimes like we we don't connect and actually listen to our heart center enough and that's where the love over fear part comes in when we are able to really connect and remember that love is our natural state of being right you know as mary marianne williamson so aptly stated once love is what we're born with and fear is what we learned here mm. and i think if we can kind of tap back into that root of like why we're here and that we can all come from a position of love all the time the rest of it will always figure itself out because love always wins yeah love wins and so i i i definitely learned that um you know if you if you take a moment to just kind of connect with that with that heart center um and then just go 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 and trust that everything else will fall into place that it can and it and it will this is so um, beautiful and i also and I love learned yeah, go ahead. Go, go, go ahead, Shelly. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I also learned that, and this is what's on the website, you know, that, that viruses are a scary thing, um, but they, they can also be like a really positive thing. Like it's not, you know, viruses are not just like these things that enter our body and like then wreak havoc. Other things can go viral too that are positive, hope and, and faith and love and kindness and gratitude, all of these wonderful things that can go viral, that can be infectious and quite frankly, can be the cure to everything. Oh, Shelly, this is so beautiful. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I don't know if you guys can see, but if we could just give some like love to Shelly. One of the things that I love to do when I'm in person, because clapping is sometimes awkward in these small groups is I rub my, this is like our our hand rub when I do in my in-person events to just say, I feel you, sister. So thank you. And here's what we're going to do, okay? We are going to get ready to go into Zoom breakout groups. And if you haven't done Zoom breakout groups before, don't worry. It's not scary. You don't have to do anything dramatic. What it's like is we instantly just pop into these little rooms where we're in small groups. And there's, it's like we're all stepping into our own separate rooms. And we're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a conversation about help and about need. And I want to name the question and also name the intention of what we're going to be discussing in these groups. So the intention and the thing that I want to circle this with is why it's so hard for us sometimes to ask for help and the vulnerability that it takes for us to ask for help. And showing by Shelley's story, seeing how incredible and amazing it actually is when people do ask for help, the magic that can unfold. And so this is a space here right now for you to go into your groups. And the question that we're going in with is, where is an area of your life where you need to or could benefit from asking for help 
but you haven't asked yet. And this can do with any area of your life, with your work, with your relationships, with your well-being, with your spirituality, with your physicality, with your money, with your time, with your self-care, with any area of your life. And let me be very clear about what the intention is here of this group. When you go into your small groups, if you don't want to speak, first of all, you don't have to. You can say, like, I respectfully pass and I'm holding space for the group. So you can just be one there listening and allowing people to be heard. And for those of you who are, who are saying and talking about what it is that you need help with, the intention of this group is naming it, is saying it out loud and naming it. And the reason why I want to say that is this is, does not need to turn into a therapy session. This does not need to turn into an advice session. You, as somebody in the group, you're not responsible for needing to fix someone right now. What I'm giving all of us the opportunity to do in this group right now is to ask and name the areas of our lives where we might need help and support. Because if we can't name it out loud and if we can't have the awareness around it, it's so hard to make the change. So that's where you're going to begin, okay? So it's just naming it, talking about it. And those of you who are listening, those of you who are listening, what your job is is to listen fully and actively with your whole hearts. And also your response, it could be to just give support. I feel you. I've been there too. Here's how I've been there too. Here's a story of how I've been there too, to know how we're not alone. Your job is not to become the therapist, okay? (laughs) So I'm just naming that here. So what's going to happen? And obviously, if there's something that you can obviously do to help somebody, what you might say is, hey, I can really help you with this. Let's talk offline. Would you like to exchange information? And then you can exchange information and talk more formally about it offline, seeing how we're kind of using this pandemic of love style to see what's going on in our world. So if anybody has any questions about this uh, and what we're going to do in the breakout rooms, just type them into the chat box for a second before we go to breakout. And Shelly, is there anything that you want to add before we pop into our rooms? Um, yeah, I just want to say this is definitely a safe space. So, you know, you can kind of lean into it, maybe be willing to be more vulnerable than you normally would be. So it's a safe space. Yeah, beautiful. And I, you know what, Claire just asked a really good question. Um, she said, what if I don't know what you might need help with? How can you figure that out? I'm so glad you asked this, Claire, because um, what, I, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little practice together before we go into the breakout rooms. So what I'm going to invite you all to do very briefly is I want you to place one hand over your heart and then the other hand on top of that, if you're willing. So both hands over the heart and take a full deep breath in, hold it at the top and a deep exhale. And then I'd like you to start right now. I know you're probably looking at the screen but I want you to look at something out in the room or the space that you're in, in front of you. And just look at one point directly out in front of you. It doesn't have to be a spiritual or a special point. You can look at just a spot on the wall even. But just keep your eyes focused on one central point, looking straight at it. And as you look at this point without moving your eyes, I want you to notice how far to the right of you you can see without moving your eyes. So we're expanding our peripheral awareness. 
And then without moving your eyes, notice how far to the left of you, you can see. Keeping your eyes on this one point. And then notice how far above and below you, you can see without moving your eyes. And as you feel this sense of expansiveness, notice if you can take in as much light and color and texture from the environment that you're in around you. And just notice what you can take in. Notice every color, every texture. And then take a deep, full breath in. And on the exhale, I allow you to invite your eyes to gently shut if that feels comfortable to you, just for a moment. And as you feel into your heart, I want you to just ask yourself this question. Where do I need support? Where do I need support? And just trust what bubbles up. It might be something big. It might be something small. You might need something as easy and simple as a book recommendation to learn about something new that you've wanted to learn in your life. Or you might be struggling with your career or some area of your life where you're really needing some help right now. And I want you to know that this space, when you go into your breakout rooms, will not be recorded at all. There will be no replay of your breakout rooms. And we all together here are holding this space as a sacred container for you to just name it out loud of where you might need support. And we'll see what bubbles up on the other side. Go ahead and take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Beautiful, beautiful. So you can open your eyes and we're gonna go into our breakout rooms. And what you'll see when you go into the breakout rooms is there's a little button on the bottom that says, ask for help. That's kind of like your ring the alarm button that you need me and I will see that and I can pop into your guys' room like the teacher and be like, hey, what's up? Like, <laughs> I'm the lab uh, whatever specialist that can help you. And we're gonna be in our rooms for about 11 minutes. I'm gonna put an 11 minute timer that you'll see on the room. So you're gonna be four people per room and I'm gonna ask that you guys are there, four people, 11 minutes should be plenty of time to have this discussion and to continue to, to discuss more. So just recapping the rules, this is a sacred space. All things will be kept and held confidentially. We're asking the question, where in your life do you need or might you need to ask for support or help, but you haven't asked for it yet? And this is your opportunity to name it. And for those of you guys who have had moments to relate and say, I've been there before, or I support you or everything, this is your moment to show that support, but this is not the moment to fix people. And if you have something that you can offer as help or support, you can connect with that person and say that you can talk to them offline so that you can dive a little deeper than what we can do in the 11 minutes. And if you have something quick, obviously these are light rules. This is a lab, we're experimenting. Just go with the flow. You each have your own little groups which will create your own little pods. So here we go. There's gonna be three to four of you in every single group. 
We'll be on for 11 minutes and then we'll all come back to the main group and we'll have some time to share with each other. Ready, set, here we go. Um, if you're willing, um, what I wanna do for a moment right now is just take a moment to share. Um, and when we're talking about sharing, it, it really can be from any space. It, it can be that you're sharing what it is and wanting to name for the whole group what you wanted to ask for help or you can be talking for the group. But one of the things that I'm actually really interested in is how it felt to name it and to be held in space by people who you don't know mm -hmm. and how all of that maybe felt for you in the process. And Shelly, hold on, I'm looking for Shelly on here. Where's my Shelly? <laughs> oh, there she is. I see her. Okay, Shelly, I'm unmuting you so that you can chat with us and, and the guests as well. <laughs> okay, so Ra is speaking right now. Ra, go for it. Okay, so I shared that um, I need to become more comfortable essentially with letting go of relationships, family or friends that just aren't serving to me because I consider myself to be an anchor. So I consider myself that's someone that's supposed to be there, but that's supposed to becomes toxic when the people I'm trying to support aren't receptive of it or just don't want it or just aren't prepared for it. And I, yeah. I kind of like forced myself to stay in those spaces. So it felt extremely light to say that out loud and to own that I need to go ahead and do that and accept that for myself. Because what the ladies kept mentioning to me was creating healthy boundaries for myself. I know yeah. how to give that to everyone else. I know how to tell everyone to do that for themselves. But for some reason, it doesn't come back. To, it's not a boomerang effect and it doesn't come back to me. So it felt good to own that and to do that. And, and um, being a, a woman of color, to become okay with accepting that I might need a therapist. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's absolutely okay. Yeah, I would say... Uh, this is this is just this is me going to just say it because I'm me. But I would say because you are a woman of color, you need a therapist. Absolutely, Listen, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> so, like, I know I do. I know. <laughs> I'm not even a woman, so like you, you. This is why Listen, you know absolutely. it is. But you it know, is there's so that, there's that yeah. stigma in our community of so oh much. no, like. So I'm letting go yeah. of that stigma. I'm accepting it. I'm embracing it. I'm doing it. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to definitely share my journey because I think it'd be inspirational. Thank yeah. you. And can you just name where your name to everybody, where you're from, where you're calling in from? Oh, I'm Ra. I'm calling in from San Diego, California. <laughs> Lots of And I love people. you, Justin Michael Williams. Thank you. I love you, Ra. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, can so, I just, uh, can I? Can yeah, Shelly, please jump in. So I just mm -hmm. want to say that because um, you brought up women of color, therapy. <clears throat> so if you don't already follow uh, Rachel Cargill on, uh, on, on Instagram, she's, in, she's coming out with a book called I Don't Need Your Love and Light uh, sometime next year. But um, she has a foundation that uh, pays for therapy for women of color. So wow. if you cannot afford, if your issue is financial, there's, there's money there to help with self-care for women of color so that that's one boundary that can be removed. Beautiful. Shelly, would you mind um, typing her name into the chat box for everybody? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we can for see sure. that. Um, so yep. this is what I'm going to do because I know everybody wants to share and this is so exciting. We have a bunch of us on here. So there's um, a little, so 
the question that I'm going to ask is like, how did it feel and what is it that you want to share? And I'm going to invite everybody to type in the chat box and we'll have time to probably bring about two or three more people. I want to end in the next 20 minutes just because Zoom sessions that are longer than 90 minutes are exhausting for everyone, including me. <laughs> so we're leave it there um, so that this feels joyful for you and not like you're begging for mercy and you're, uh, you know, you're asking for more. So I see Janice has her hand raised. Janice, did you push that because you want to share? Oh, yes. So, Beautiful. Hello, Janice. Where are you coming? Where are you calling in from? Downtown Chicago. And so, Justin, I'm not going to answer your questions, but I'm going to take it where you started this, about gratefulness, right here, right now. And in that breakout room, I was with two beautiful younger ladies who were so supportive of each other and of me. And for that, I am grateful. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Janice. I think so many of us can, can feel that, right? Just how beautiful it is for us to be able to come together and to connect. And what it reminds me of is, Shelly, what you said is, when the formalized structure is created, we then feel right. free to do this. And this is what we all really want, is to connect. Right. We actually mm. really want to do this, even with strangers, especially with strangers who we know are like right. coming together from the same kind of community and ethos. And so with a little bit of structure and 11 minutes, mm. like look how much can, can happen. And so thank you so much. Um, feel free if you guys have anything else you want to type into the chat box to let me know. If you guys want to share, push the raise hand button. And Tiffany, I see you're unmuted. Did you want to share something? Uh, no, I just <laughs> I was unmuted because I just in case I decided to share something. The group that was Kelsey and Camilla, they were beautiful. And, and I got me realizing we're all more similar than we are different. We're so similar because we like shared pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Crazy. Who else was in your group? Is there, you said Chelsea and did any, did either of you? No, uh, I think it was Kelsey. Kelsey, I think. Kelsey, Kelsey, do you want to share something about your experience at all? You can just unmute yourself or I'll, I'll unmute you. Here you go. All right, you're unmuted. Oops, hold on. You are now unmuted. Go for it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just, it's similar to what Tiffany, uh, her sentiments, it just, if we felt very connected um, and yeah. we're able to, yeah, realize um, the commonalities we had um, and each be able to support each other and um, trying to find where we could get that help from um, in our lives and naming it was very powerful. Beautiful. That's, that's all I have. <laughs> thank you, sister. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna mute you both beautiful ladies again. And I'm wondering if any of the gentlemen uh, wanna share anything. You can feel free to unmute yourself and uh, just talk. Trey, go ahead. Sure, hello everybody. Um, Trey, where are you from? Oh, so I'm from uh, Los Angeles, California, but I'm currently living in um, Stafford, Virginia. Um, and this was a very meaningful experience for me because like everybody said, it was really meaningful to 
have a space where we can open up um, yeah. and like mm. name a lot of the um, fears or frustrations or um, challenges that we're carrying. Um, being able to speak with folks about uh, what I've been carrying with me was really empowering, um, especially since like, um, as I've been transitioning to this next chapter of my life, it's become, I've been, I've left all of my, a lot of my friends and family in LA. So it feels kind of ostracizing. So to be able to uh, connect with folks um, was really, really meaningful. Beautiful. Trey, how old are you, Trey? I'm 21. Oh, thank you so much, wow. Trey. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much for being here, brother. It's an honor. And, and I know these moments can be so Rochelle, is there anything you want to share? I think that um, this is like a micro example of what mutual aid communities can be. The idea that there's safe spaces that we can create for ourselves in which it feels comfortable to ask for help and to offer support. It doesn't feel like forced. Um, so if you kind of just look to this 11 minute experience that we had and kind of think about how you can even recreate that in your own lives, you know, with a community that it's formalized where you actually speak out and you say, rather than, oh, I have these girlfriends that I get together with, or at least pre-pandemic used to get together with, <laughs> you know, on Thursday nights and we used to have a glass of wine at this cafe or whatever. That's great. That's definitely a form of release and self-care and fun and all that stuff. But what would happen if you formalized with those girlfriends, for example, or, or you know, other types of community and said, hey guys, how about if we um, get together and work on a coping plan or self-care plans where we formally identify the things that we can do to help ourselves cope in life, pre, post, pandemic, during, etc. And how can we support each other in breaking down any of the walls or obstacles or barriers and also hold each other accountable? That's the start of the formalization, building that structure. Because when you suddenly have somebody that's saying, hey, Justin, um, you said that you were going to, you know, take a walk every day. I noticed that for the last five days, you've been sitting on, in front of your Zoom screen. You know, did you take your walk today? What's it going to take? Should we take it together on Zoom? Should we go for a walk together, you know? There's something to be said there because they're, they're, it's a formalized way. And, um, you know, oh, you couldn't take a walk because you happen to have three children, which you don't, but I'm just saying if you did, you know. <laughs> you have I don't. Kids. <laughs> yeah. You can't take a walk? No problem. What do you need? Do you need me to come babysit for them? You know, again, I understand we live in a very strange world right now, but that, that's generally speaking, that's how it works suddenly you know what a person needs because they've identified it, they've voiced it, you gave them the platform to voice it and you ha yourself have voiced what you need. And then the individuals that are in your formalized group help you make sure that you actually tend to those things, take care of them and that they help you break down the barriers, whether they're financial, time-wise or any other way. 
This is so beautiful, Shelly. Thank you. And, you know, as a call to action for everybody, you know, I think you can, first of all, you can share the recording to this with anybody that you, that you want to. It's open to share. And the, uh, remember, this, the private rooms were not recorded at all, but everything that was in the public space is recorded. And um, also, the thing that we can do is to formalize some groups, or even, even if it's just one other person, you know, or a few other people. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I love, Shelly, that I've actually was doing before COVID with a couple people was we had a call, like a group call with four of us, where like the purpose of the call was not just like, Kiki, check in, hey, how are you? But was to actually right. talk about what we were needing. And mastermind wow. groups do this, like business mastermind yeah. groups do this. Yep. Like everybody come in and say what you're That's needing. Right. And then everybody can pull in their resources to see how to support the group. So you could even formalize like, hey girls, hey everybody, hey whoever, like once a week, we are gonna mm-hmm. be together and have a conversation. And the 30 minutes on the phone is gonna be about what we really need the most. And that formality is gonna help give you the permission to share what you need to share and ask for what you need. So for all of you who shared that thing that you shared in the group, um, I'm gonna invite you if you feel comfortable to share that with somebody in your community that you, um, that you feel like might be able to offer support or even if they can't offer support, maybe they'll know somebody who will because um, asking mm. for help is such a big thing for all of us. So because I like to be part of the Go ahead, Shelly. What were you going to say? Oh, just no, nothing. Oh, somebody's talking. Hello, Erica. Hi, what's up? I just wanted to add something. Um, there's seven of us in a Sangha group, and we can't meet like we used to once a month. But what we do is we each took a day of the week, and we write a letter to, e- to the group. And that way, we're, we keep in touch with all of us every single week. And uh. it is just incredibly... Um, supportive and I don't feel as isolated I love it that is so beautiful Erica where are you calling in from or joining us from today Stevenson Washington Stevenson Washington I see all the beautiful trees in the background yeah we're in a forest (laughs) I'm so jealous I'm wanting my next space to be in the forest I'm like craving forest (laughs) vibes right now so bad so was there anything else that anybody um, wanted to pop on and share Um, If so, feel free to just push the unmute button and we'll manage it. There's not too many of us here to do that right now. So feel free to unmute if you want to share something with the group. Don't Um, be afraid. I'll go share. Um, Hello. um, Hi, I'm calling from uh, London and UK. And so the whole experience of sharing was, it was kind of surprising to know about the stuff I shared about. other people in the chat um, were also kind of feeling something similar, although the issue was different, but um, my issue or something I needed help was uh, my relationship with food, especially during this like a pandemic. I noticed um, I've been doing a lot of emotional eating and uh, I was kind of not really recognizing that or admitting that to myself and then um, I actually did talk to my friend earlier about over texting and then and now I actually said it aloud. Um, and then that was a pretty kind of powerful experience to name that and also kind of recognize that everyone else is kind of has something, you know, yeah. um, here around food. 
not just about um it might not be eating disorders anything big but you know um people not have access to food uh so there's a lot of issues or emotions around food uh yeah during this pandemic so that for the sake for the sake of everybody seeing um here for some reason i'm getting a little feedback so i'm going to mute everybody else for a second so the if you go to gallery view yusuke or you guys just type in the chat box can everybody raise your hand if you've been having a funny experience with food during covid <laughs> if you swipe through isn't it amazing to see how much we think we're alone in this sometimes right which is which is what's so fascinating because we think we're alone but so many people are dealing with so much of the same that we are and we're absolutely not alone so thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing and opening that space for people to, to hear and talk about that and name that yusuke right is that how you say it yusuke yusuke, yusuke. yusuke yeah perfect got it thank you for sharing and alton i see you are unmuted is there anything you want to share brother Yes, uh, Justin, Shelley, everyone. Oh my God, I wish I, I had the omnipresence to say everybody's name. I love you. Love you, love you, love you, love you. You are so lighthouses of being. Uh, so um, what, what more would you bless me with saying unto us, right? We're one, everybody. We're freaking one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, let's be the oneness, you know, let's just keep loving each other. I sent a couple of you ladies my email through this chat. Oh my God, talk about social media. I've never done this before. I love y'all. So, uh, and I love that yeah. you have your coexist shirt on too, brother. That's yeah, like... yeah, the coexist. Oh, you are so acute and aware, dude. And, and you, <laughs> Shelly, I, I, I swam. Oh, this is so bold, but you know, it's real. I swam naked in a girlfriend's pool in Hollywood, Florida, quite a few years back. And like, I know where you're coming from in the spirit and geographically. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but Experience I love you all. Thank you, Alton. Thank you so much, brother. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay. So in closing, everybody, I see Sadie asked a question. Curious to know if there's some resources to recommend Shelly or anyone else. Yeah. that have to do with mutual aid networks and learning how to build those. I think that's a perfect space sure. to kind of start closing out on. Yeah. So actually, um, last year, I created an eight-week program, which is free. It's online at mindful.org. And originally, it was created as a self-care for activists toolkit. But it's not just for activists. It's um, it, It's since been re- um you know repurposed for this time period and since then i've also written a few other articles for them as well which include information about mutual aid the other um uh resource that i'll kind of point you to is is one of a teacher that i that i greatly admire and that i look to often especially in the communities that i work with um which are communities that are affected by gun violence in this country um, is uh, David Trelevin. And uh, I will put in the chat his information, but you, his website is davidtrelevin.com or you could just, if you just Google trauma-informed mindfulness, he's like always the first name that comes up. And mutual aid is such an important concept for healing 
for creating structures for healing. And so it's a pillar of trauma-informed healing practices that we put together for communities that are dealing with the aftermath of things like mass shootings or daily occurrences of violence in their communities. So those are two really great resources. Um, and you can always reach out to me as well. Um, you could always, I'm, I'm very accessible, sometimes as, <laughs> sometimes to a fault, too accessible. But, um, but if you go to my website um, or to my Instagram account, which is a funny account, it's Mindful Skater Girl. And that's like a whole nother discussion for another day. Um, but Mindful Skater Girl, you can DM me and I can point you in the right direction. Awesome. Shelly, you know, in closing, uh, one of the things that I would love to do, I know there's been, and you've shown me so many of them from uh, stories of people who have lost family members during COVID or because of COVID mm. and then needed funeral services paid for or needed help with all these different kinds of things and so many beautiful ways that people have contributed. And I'm going to ask you what I think is a hard question, but you can pick whichever one is one story that has touched you deeply that you'd like to share with the group around how Pandemic of Love has really anchored into the heart and helped a family or someone heal during mm. this time? God, oh my God, one family. It's so hard to-, to Or just to one story that's touched you. Story. It doesn't even have to be the best story, just one that has touched you. I know you've there, read thousands. There's there so many <laughs> touching stories. I will tell, well, you mentioned the, the you know, uh, paying for, for a funeral. And so I'll, I'll share this story with you. So we got um, a form that was filled out by a 16-year-old girl. Think about now the presence of mind at age 16, who um, is her, her she's a, a you know, um, she's a dreamer. Her parents are undocumented here. Um, and uh, they're in the New York State area. And her father passed away. Her father died from COVID. And because they're undocumented, they, are, they don't qualify for the, um, you know, the funds or the subsidies to uh, cremate the body or uh, have a burial or any, any type of, you know, uh, subsidies that are available to, to people with documentation. And they, nor did they have the money to claim her father's body. And her mother, uh, you know, they, they, her parents have been married for, for close to 40 years. And she somehow found us, no idea how, uh, fills out the form. We get the form and it's, it, it was so uh, heartfelt and eloquent and so beautifully written almost uh, really a tribute when you read the when you read the email or the form that came in it was like uh, almost like a eulogy to her dad and a testament to who her dad was and who she is because of him and then that legacy that he left behind and so the request was we I know it's a lot of money but you know my mother we're, we're all heartbroken but my mother is even more traumatized from the fact that we can't reclaim my dad's body and that he won't be buried and have a funeral and she's a very religious woman and she you know this is very concerning for her and she's not slept in 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 weeks and so uh we immediately our volunteers we immediately reached out to her and we within two hours found a donor in new york city that was willing to underwrite the entire cost 
of the funeral cremation sent flowers to the service, uh, like huge, I mean, like a beautiful wreath. And, um, you know, remained anonymous, by the way, the entire time. And, um, and because they called the funeral director directly and, and gave their credit card information. And um, it's, it's, it's amazing because then um, the, 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 the girl, the student wrote a thank you email. She, she asked if, can I write a thank you email? Will you, will you send it to the donor? Will you make sure that she gets, he, she or he gets this letter? It's really, really important for me that she knows who my dad was. And so she sent the thank you letter along with the eulogy that she read for her father at the funeral. And it. Yep, I feel it too. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's like stories like these where you're like, my God, you know, it's not, I, people always ask me like, has your faith in humanity been restored? And I'm like, no, I never lost faith in humanity. You know, it's just that we need to, I think we can be conduits if each one of us takes that responsibility to just, you know, reach out and to not be so closed off. And that includes asking for help and doing really hard things. I think it becomes easier. I just want to take a moment for all of us to just feel that. Thank you so much, Shelly. Thank you. <laughs> for your heart, for the work you're doing in the world, for you calling all of us forward and to action to step into our power and our purpose and our greatest sense of who we are in humanity. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being here with our community today. I know you have hours you. and hours of work to do today. <laughs> and so I th thank you for spending this time with us. And just in the chat box, if everybody would just send one word that you would like to offer to Shelly as she goes mm -hmm. off into continuing past 100,000, one word that we want to offer to Shelly. Aww. And you can read them all coming through, Shelly. Blessings, I love, power, compassion. Wow. We're deeply love, grateful, it. serenity. Thank you, thank you. Gratitude, self-care. And for all of you, this is how I'd like to close, and this is how we'll close every one of our woke labs. And I'm gonna, Alton, I just have to have you muted because it's echoing back. So um, I am going to uh, ask all of us to end all of our woke labs exactly like this. If you just take one moment, if you feel comfortable closing your eyes, close them, place your hands over your heart, one over the other, one over the other. And make sure when I'm saying heart, not like your neck and your throat, but really down into the center of your chest. Take a breath in and a breath out. And I want you to just think of one golden nugget, one teaching, one takeaway. It could be anything that you want to take with you from this conversation today. One thing that you want to take away. And just take a moment to think about that thing. It takes about 45 seconds to store it in our long-term memory. So you can repeat it in your mind a few times. What is the one thing that you want to take away from today?
and take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and open your eyes. And I would love for all of you to share in the chat box your golden nugget, if you're willing, the thing that you want to take away. So we have this cascade of golden nuggets of things that we all are taking away. I know for me, the thing that I'm taking away is Shelly, like you said, you know, we are stronger together and we rise together. And I say this all the time because it is the thing that I really feel most deeply in my heart. And today was just the most beautiful reminder that we are so strong when we come together and it's so beautiful. And so Ra said, be of service. Lynn said, you can be a light just by being present. Claire, we have such an incredible community of people who are both doers and dreamers. There are so many of us. Love wins. Ask for help. Be a conduit. Don't lose face in humanity. You're never alone. There is only love. Shift from what to why not. I love that. From what if to why not. I love that, Shelly. That was, I'm so glad you said that, Sadie, because that was such a good takeaway. Love and non-judgment. There's always something you can do. There's more and more and more. It's okay to ask for help. And I should trust people because our essence is love. I love all of you. I thank you. I honor you. And this has been Justin Michael Williams and Shelley Tegelski with The Woke Lab. And we'll be back again for our next session with Koya Webb. And we're talking yeah. about purpose and passive streams of income, which is such a fantastic conversation to go into next. I love you. I thank you. I honor you. And I'll see you right back here on The Woke Lab. Mm. How was that for an episode? Huh? My goodness. There, there is going to be, I'll tell you this, there's going to be much more to come. I have more Woke Lab episodes for you to come. And if you want to join us on a live Woke Lab episode, I think you can feel the heart and soul happening here. Just go to justinmichaelwilliams.com slash the woke lab and then just put in your info and you will be added to the wait list to see if you can get into our next episode and i would love love to have you there there's nothing that i love more than being able to actually see and put faces to our community which is totally global now from all over the world it's so freaking cool you know i'm thinking about when we started 2020 you know this banner year of the new millennia who the heck would have ever guessed that we'd find ourselves where we are right now? You know, I'm sure many of us had wished to make this new year one of abundance and growth and refined goals and all these realized purposes and dreams and claiming that we wanted our vision and our life to come true for the future. One of the jokes, I remember that meme, people saying, hey, 2020, I, none of this crap was on my vision board. <laughs> I remember that. You know, and fast forward to six months in, and we've seen the rise of a global pandemic, global contagion, economic collapse, and the senseless deaths of more black bodies in America than we can even count. And we've come careening to a screeching halt that has left thousands, thousands of countless people people that look like me and my family and my ancestors feeling as though love cannot exist for us in this country or in this world. So what could it take? What could it take to make a difference? A pandemic of trust, a pandemic of accountability, a pandemic of justice, a pandemic of action, a pandemic of love. 
You know, I think right now, more than ever, it feels like we're at a point where we are being asked to go inward and bring that love that we have for ourselves and our families and our friends and our communities and our spiritual practices and inspire it to go outward so that those that are risen against us, the people who even rise against us or who are silent in these times, find a way to love themselves enough that they can send that love outward as well. And what feels very important to me to say to you right now is that you are enough. You are enough. You are enough. And I love you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and your life, especially during this time, to listen to this podcast. I hope this inspired your life and inspired your heart and brought your spirit some joy. This is Justin Michael Williams. I love you. And I will talk to you on the next podcast. Bye for now. 